Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to the Flyers Talk Podcast. Katie Emmer, as always, with Mr. Jordan Hall. Jordan, good to have another episode going on today. We, we do have some news and notes to talk about. And also, Mr. Joel Faraby is on the pod later on. That interview's coming. It was so good to uh, finally hear from a player, but a lot to get to. First and foremost, how's it going? How are you? How's your weekend? Katie, doing well. Weekend was good. Always great to hear your voice. Great to have Joel Farabee on. Great guy. Exciting rookie season. So how are you doing, Katie? Jordan, oh my gosh. So nice of you to ask. I'm doing great. I, uh, I'm i doing good. Today I have a, a coffee in front of me, so you know it's going to be a good day when, when you have that. Definitely hitting hitting me, though. You know, I mean, I think every episode we say that, it's like it gets harder and harder each of these uh, new weeks that starts up, and you don't really know what the week ahead of you holds and definitely an uncertain time, but we emphasize this so much. We know it's, it's bigger than hockey guys. We, we all know that. Um, but this definitely for us in, in the covering this team and all hockey fans and all sports fans, it's every week is kind of getting a little bit more challenging, but we're going to get through this. Isn't that right, Jordan? Absolutely. And Katie, I thought it was sort of uh, surreal when it really hit me was Saturday, April 4th. That would have been the Flyers' regular season finale, and that's when, I was, that's when I was like, "Wow! Like we are, we have been missing Flyers hockey for 13 games now, and for about 25 plus days now, and counting." That's when I was like, "Wow! That that, that I can't believe that much time has passed without Flyers hockey." It's actually kind of I weird. know as as slow as it goes sometimes it. For me, weirdly, I, it didn't really feel like 13 games. I guess it feels like less to me. What does it feel like for you? It's the same exact feeling. I mean, you brought that up, and all of us are thinking that. Even with NBC Sports Philadelphia, when we got that last Thursday, that little conference call uh, fact of the day, that we all have been away from each other and out of the office for three total weeks. Yeah. Now, of course, on this Monday, it's more than that. It's so bizarre for NBC Sports Philadelphia but yes, for the Flyers, too, because that is the same amount of time. It's obviously over three weeks, but last Thursday, you know, that, that game against Tampa Bay three weeks before was supposed to happen. And it's crazy that it's been that long already. I would like to say the time has flown because, yes, we've been busy with content and, and other things going on. And it's been a great teamwork and, and different things to update with the NHL news and uh, having players on like Joel today. Things like that make the time go go by a little bit faster, but it, it definitely, to me, it feels like more than 13 games. It feels like we have been gone forever. Um, and yeah, I, I think Jordan, it's, it's hard to not sit here and go, what if, Yeah. you know, what if like for our personal lives, the difference with what if, you know, we, we were, uh, 
I was heading to the Wells Fargo Center to prep for another game today. Same for you. What if what if we were heading the skate zone? Um, definitely a lot of uh, for the fans too. A lot of question marks. It was a fun. Uh, it still is a fun season for the Flyers, and I'm hoping it's going to resume soon. But Jordan, it feels so much longer uh, since since that time has uh, that happened when it closed. But uh, every episode, I say this all the time. There's always I can't say always, but usually there's something some little nugget or some update with the NHL and sort of how they're planning things. And JVR said it best last week, or maybe even two weeks ago, like I said, time goes fast. I can't believe it. But I think it was two weeks ago, JVR saying, this is a chance for the league to be creative. Um, We're going to find out how best fit uh, the playoffs are going to be or or how best fit just the remainder of the season in general. We're, We're seeing a lot of different things happen with the NHL asking for arena availabilities through the summer. Um, we've given all these updates and the newest one, Jordan, hearing to just from uh, Sportsnet, I'll credit them talking about just their, the NHL and NHLPA beginning to think of scenarios where the remaining remaining um, regular season uh, games and playoff games could be held in a neutral site in the first place that maybe could be an option is North Dakota. Um, this is something that. I, I would assume is to do with a part of just a lower populated area. Um, maybe that's more safe. And I say maybe, but it probably is more safe when you don't have as many um, cases. What do you think about this? Could you picture a Stanley cup final? Um, all I think about is Rolf Engelstead arena where the North Dakota fighting Hawks play. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a great hockey area and that's just North Dakota. There could be other options, but just the overall idea of this, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think we're always looking for positives in every idea and situation. I think a positive of this will be just marketing the game out in North Dakota. One reason I know a lot about North Dakota hockey and why it's so passionate um, is uh, because of Dave Haxall, the former Flyers head coach. When he came here, he came from North Dakota. Uh, He didn't have any NHL experience yet. So I had heard a lot about North Dakota through Dave Hackstall and some of his former players and just how passionate and how rabid they are out there about hockey. So, gosh, I think that'd be kind of cool. You know, I, I think it would be incredibly unique <laughs> to be holding a Stanley Cup uh, playoff series uh, in such a rural kind of smaller um, market and area like North Dakota. Uh, so in that way, it would definitely be uh, weird. Uh, and not holding it, you know, in a huge city like New York or Philly or Boston, or Toronto. Uh, but I think it'd be really cool to see the venue. I think the venue, I'm sure, would be incredibly exciting. Um, and I think it'd be great for the game just to expand out into those different areas where little do we know hockey is really big. Um, so that would be that would be really cool. Uh, but I, right now, I think the NHL and the NHLPA, they're probably kicking around just about every idea you can think of. Because right now, there's just so much unknown. There's so much up in the air to the point where you're really looking at all different avenues. You know, you're turning over every rock and trying to think of everything. You don't want to leave anything out. So I really think they're thinking of all ideas. And Katie, a topic that we've discussed quite a bit, just because it's so intriguing with each passing day, is the playoff format. There's a chance that the NHL might not get to finish the regular season. There was about 11 to 13 games for each team left in the regular season. But if they can't finish those games and they jump right into the postseason, 
there's going to be a harsh reality for some teams, but they can alleviate some of that harsh reality by maybe expanding the playoff uh, format, allowing more teams to get in. And there's a lot of different appealing aspects there because the more teams, the more interest, uh, the different format, the uniqueness grows. And all of a sudden there's more interest and there's some experimentation, which is a good thing. I think the, the NHL is always looking to experiment and it, it just helps uh, with everyone. Katie, how do you feel about that? What do you feel will be best for the NHL and for the fans? Yeah, it's a great question. It's a great topic right now. It, it, things keep changing. It's such a fluid situation. We repeat that every episode throughout this uh, suspension with the NHL. No matter what, Jordan, we all know this. The 2019-2020 season will have an asterisk next to the number for the rest of the at, at time, the rest of existence. Um, this is such a different season, different circumstances, and that's unfortunate. Um, we're all hoping, though, it's, it's all about our health. Uh, but it is an unfortunate situation for the NHL right now. This is a very stressful time. Uh, going back to what I said earlier with the creativity, if you look at it in a positive tone, it is a chance for the league to be creative. And the players have mentioned that, like J- James Van Riemsdyk. Um, and even something else, too, to come in this podcast later on, Joel Farabee even talked about just the positives right now. Um, he'll hint at how players have had time to, to relax and to rest and rest is so important. Again, it's extended amounts of rest that kind of get concerning, but so great to hear players are optimistic in a time like this. Yes. The flyers are in a great place for this format sake. Uh, they're in a great place. They, you know, if the regular season did end, we all know this, the flyers would be safe. They're, they're great um, in a great standing right now, but yes, the teams that are on the outside looking in Jordan, it's a scary time for them. And I, I say all around, it is a scary time for the whole, all the league because they don't know if we are going to see the skates hit the ice again for, for game time. Um, so no matter what, I think everyone's in a bit of a, not panic, no need to panic, but definitely like a little bit of concern where you're kind of bummed, I think is the right word. Uh, and you're preparing for that. But if you stay optimistic, um, we might see uh, playoffs here. And I, I hope we all do. I know you do as well. And yes, to answer the all-around question of more than 16 teams, I I feel like that's best. I mean, at first I would always think oh, there needs to be some sort of separate way for teams. If the playoffs did just start and the, the regular season wrapped up, those 11 to 13 games canceled out Jordan and we just start up the, the playoffs right away, I do think we're going to see more than 16 teams in. Like going back earlier, this is always going to have an asterisk. This season's always going to stand out in the record books for the rest of time. Um, just with the circumstances going on right now. I I think that we see more than 16 teams. I think the teams on the outside looking in are going to be added in. There's going to be a different uh, series. There's going to be a different um, amount of games, sorry, in each series. Mm. I I just feel like that's what's best. I I don't feel like I could picture this league. I could picture Gary Bettman in the league the way they are to just cut teams that aren't, aren't even like over that line, but close enough to have a chance and Jordan, this could be a positive and negative in so many different ways um, because teams that maybe are like the Columbus Blue Jackets that throughout the remainder of that regular season, especially after they lost to the Flyers, cleaned out that series, um, their injuries were adding up. And you're thinking that team doesn't have a chance. Jordan, that team, if they're in the playoffs, could have a chance at this. I mean, teams that organically didn't have a chance to really get in or or didn't look good to be getting in, they would have a chance uh, for a run at the cup, which is so bizarre to me. No matter what, there's so many positives and negatives you could take from this. 
But do you agree with what I say about uh, this is always going to be a different looking season. So no matter what, whatever happens here, I mean, it's always just going to be different no matter what. I just said the same thing twice, but you know what I mean? A hundred percent, Katie. And this, like you said, this season will be compromised. It's already compromised. Um, and, and for me, like, who would complain about more teams? I don't think anybody would. If anything, it's it makes sense for the NHL on so many fronts. From a revenue perspective, it makes perfect sense. More teams means more money, and it means more interest. It means more parity. It gives, like you said, every team will be healthy for the most part going into the playoffs. Um, so, if anything, that creates more drama, more parity when you add more teams. This season, again, it's already compromised. Um, it's everyone's already going to look at it differently, no matter what. Why not spark more interest? Why not give more teams a shot and experiment? Try things out. Yeah. See what it would be like with more teams, and then maybe afterwards. Um, it's a hit. Maybe it's a massive success. Um, players like it. The fans love it. The NHL benefits from a monetary perspective. And all of a sudden, you, you got a great positive out of a really difficult situation, which is this season being greatly compromised. Then you find out if you want to use it for, for years down the road. I just think there's so many benefits. And the fact that we saw uh, we heard an 11-year veteran, James Van Riemsdyk, say he's very open to it. General manager Chuck Fletcher uh, just talked to our, our own Taron Hatcher, and he even said, uh, you know, an older school guy like Chuck Fletcher, who's been around for a long time, said he thought more hockey the better. So why not try some things, try some new things? So I really think the NHL is going to be open. Yeah. I hope they are because just it makes sense on so many fronts. DraftKings has partnered with United Way to help those affected by COVID-19. To join the rally, take a picture of you in a rally cap, post it on social media, take three friends, and use the hashtag DKRally. All right, now we are joined by our special guest of the episode, Joel Ferriby. Joel, thank you for being here. First and foremost, I want to hear your take on your home state of New York right now. Of course, a lot going on. Maybe just what's going on there, but also what have you noticed how people are coming together and that's so much impacted by uh, the coronavirus right now? Yeah. So obviously uh, I'm from kind of a, a smaller town and, uh, you know, upstate New York. So, um, you know, not much going on usually, but even now the streets are pretty empty and stuff like that. So I, I think uh, the good part about, you know, my County and stuff, I think we're all taking this pretty seriously. A lot of people are staying and you know only going out for things that they you know need specifically and stuff like that so i think it's great um you know obviously this is a really tough time but if we all kind of band together i think we can get through it joel how uh who are you home with uh and how's everyone doing uh it's actually really good uh both my brothers are home um both my parents are here so uh we kind of got the whole family together um you know my brothers are my middle brother's still in school, so he's just finishing up class online. And then my, my oldest brother is able to work from home. So it's actually pretty good. We have everyone home, but, um, you know, we're, we're getting pretty annoyed, annoyed of each other pretty, pretty quick here you know, <laughs> from the house. So uh, it'll be nice when this is over, but, you know, getting some family time is definitely good. Yeah, it's definitely the bright spot in a moment like this, getting uh, some extra time with the family and getting to slow down and just focus on what's important. That being said, food is important. Is there anything you've cooked or any of the best food your parents or anyone has made for you during this quarantine time? 
Ooh, yeah. My mom actually made a really good chicken parm uh, the other day. That was that was probably the highlight of the quarantine dinner. So hopefully that comes around around again. But uh, yeah, I, I think both my parents are really good cooks. So being home is definitely, definitely a plus. Yeah, speaking of uh, cooking, Joel, I know that's probably all part of uh, growing up in the NHL is being on your own and, and becoming a rookie, becoming an NHL player. Um, so far, just how would you evaluate your season? Yeah, I, I thought the season's been been a lot of fun. Obviously, it's been kind of a weird season with all this going on, but um, from when we were playing, I was having so much fun just being with the guys and learning everything every day. So, um, you know, I've made a lot of good friends. I, I think uh, – the good thing about our organization is we're pretty tight, like going from Lehigh to, you know, up and down, whatever it was, like guys were pretty close and, you know, kept me in the loop and things. So I think it's been a great first year and, you know, hopefully we get back pretty soon. Is there a certain or specific teammate that you've leaned on the most and taken the most advice from just in part of being a rookie in the NHL? Yeah, I, I think um, just just hanging. I hang out a lot with you know Scott Law and Michael Raffle. I, I think the, those two guys are, are really good for me at least. Um, just you know telling me things that obviously they they've been through it. You know, Lots was up and down when he was a young guy. So just you know hearing what those guys have to say and they're, they're so supportive and they're such good guys off the ice. So I think just just learning from them every day has been uh, you know really cool in my experience. You talk about Raffle right there. I want to hear. This haircut, we've only heard a little bit about it, but we obviously haven't seen it anywhere. What is going on with his haircut? Is there a way you could describe it? Honestly, it's a really tough haircut to describe. I've, I only saw one picture, so that's the only thing I can go off of. But, um, yeah, it, 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 it's tough to look at. Honestly, it's, a, it's an hilarious, a hilarious haircut for him. Um, I, like I said, I only saw the one picture, but... Uh, I'm, I bet you he's hoping it grows back a bit before we get back to Philly so uh, the boys don't rip on him too much. Joel, we, we've heard that uh, you're, pretty, you're pretty good at Xbox. Kevin Hayes says you, you dominate most of the guys. <laughs> who have you been playing and, uh, and who are you dominating? Yeah, I've been playing a lot with, you know, Kevin and, uh, and lots. Uh, we've been playing a lot of Call of Duty together. I kind of have to, you know, carry them a bit. But, uh, no, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> There's not, you know, obviously there's the FaceTimes and stuff like that, but being the, you know, being on a squad in Call of Duty is, is totally different playing with Kevin and, and Scott. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Do you guys get very competitive? Because I was going to bring this up too, Jordan, with both of us. You're like, what's up with Kevin Hayes tripping Joel for his uh, video game style and talent? Uh, Do you guys get pretty competitive on there or are you always kind of on the same team? Uh, we're usually on the same team, but it definitely gets competitive. Uh, usually Hazy's, you know, just trying to figure it out. He's pretty lost out there. Lots, lots has kind of got it figured out, but still needs some help. Uh, we, we usually don't come out with too many wins, but uh, we definitely have a lot of fun out there. That's great. Uh, and, and going back to the hockey side of things, Joel, um, just playing under a coach like Elaine Vigneault, um, it seemed like he really challenged you early on, even when you were sent down at the start of the season, he kind of challenged you to, Hey, go down there, do what you need to do, get right back up here. Um, what's he been like as a coach and uh, how, like, what have you learned from him? Yeah. I mean, I think just the, the whole year he's been, I think personally, he's been so good to me. Obviously, you know, he's a, he's a veteran coach. He has so much experience. So, uh, I, you know, I look forward to talking to him when, when I can and stuff like that. He gives me a lot of good tips and, 
I think, you know, on the bench and stuff like that, he runs the team great. You know, when, when guys are playing well, you're playing. And, you know, obviously if, if guys aren't stepping up, you're not going to play as much. So it's it's based on your own performance. And I, I think, you know, having a coach like that, I think all three of our coaches, honestly, they're all veteran coaches. And it's been a great year. And I think that that's why we've had a lot of success this year. For us in the media, what we notice about Elaine Vino is just how transparent he is. He says it like he is most of the time uh, or like it is most of the time. As a player, just your experience in college hockey and just different teams in general, what stands out about Elaine Vino? Is it, is it his transparency and just how, uh, I guess, clear he is about what he says? Or what's the main thing that makes him stand out in your experience from other coaches? Yeah, I think a lot, like, like you said, he, he's really transparent. You know, he's not saying one thing to the media and then saying another thing to us. It's all the same message. Um, so I think that that's been really great. Obviously, you, you know what he expects. You know what you need to do to, you know, be in the lineup every day and in the play. So I, I think, yeah, that, that, I think that word transparent is a really good word to use. He, he's, he knows what he wants and, you know, he expresses what he wants. And I, I think, um, like I said before, I think that's why we've had a lot of success this year. You're home now, Joel, but you, you got accustomed to leaving home at a pretty early age. I, I believe you left home at around 14 to kind of pursue your career and go to the development program. How difficult was that to kind of sacrifice being at home for the holidays and for family gatherings to, to pursue this? Yeah, I think, you know, leaving to go to prep school at, at 14, I think it was, was definitely, definitely totally different. I'd, I'd never really lived away from home, but I think just um, being able to live away from home, plan a, a team, really helped me out. It, it made me uh, force myself to rely on teammates and stuff like that. I, I think when I was really young, I was a really shy, you know, kid. Didn't really, you know, didn't really want to talk to people because I was so shy. But I think, you know, being away from home really taught me kind of how to be how to be an adult and how to kind of grow up outside of hockey, more or less, you know, playing hockey. Yeah, you've had to learn a lot, and specifically this year, just in your rookie season. That being said, um, I'm, I'm sure I know there's a lot of differences in the NHL from other leagues, uh, but what has been or who has been the toughest player you've had to play against so far this year? Ooh, uh, well, there's a lot, a lot of good players in the NHL. Um, I think uh, just playing against Sidney Crosby a few times was, was really cool. I think he had a few points in both the games that I played in, but uh, just the way he you can see him in warm-ups and stuff like that, just how focused he is. And, you know, he's such a good player. He sees the ice so well. So I, I think an, another player I'd say is Nathan McKinnon, how good he is, how fast of a skater he is. So those, those are two guys I definitely get excited playing against just, to, just because of how good they are. And I enjoy being on the ice with them. Yeah, what's been, uh, Joel, what's been the biggest adjustment just going from, you know, you've had such a quick climb from your draft year to, college and now the NHL just is it anything that you've noticed as a as the biggest adjustment for you um yeah I, I think I, I probably talk about it a lot but just playing I think I only played like 37 games games last year and now learning to play a full 82 game schedule it was definitely a, definitely a big jump um I think just the whole you know nutrition you know treating your body the right way everything you have to do during a season is something that I've learned a lot this year so you know, hopefully if we finish this year or, you know, even next year, I'll be, I'll be way better, um, you know, heading into that, I guess. Yeah. And with several more games, you've had several more road trips this year. What's been your favorite trip so far, whether, you know, memories with the team or just city by far? Uh, I, I think our whole West coast trip was really cool. Uh, just being able to see LA, you know, Arizona, I, I'd never, 
I'm from upstate New York. I never really got a chance to go to the West Coast. So I think just playing in all those cities, I think what was it? I think we played like five or six games on that trip. So I thought that was really cool. Just being, I think we went to Universal Studios one day on our off day. I thought that that was really special just to be with teammates and stuff like that. And what about Philly, Joel? I know your dad's from here. You grew up a big, uh, a big Philly sports fan. How cool has it just been playing in this city in front of these passionate fans? Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, obviously growing up, you see the passion that the fans have. And at one point, I, I was a fan. That's all I cared about was you know, watching the Flyers, watching the Phillies, stuff like that. And now, now to be a part of it, I think it's really special. And, you know, hopefully I'm here for, for a long time because it's Philly's just such a great city. And, you know, we have such, such a good organization and we're pretty tight as a team. So it's a lot of fun coming to the rink every day. And certainly just right now, a tricky situation. James Van Rienzeig mentioned it's kind of like running in place for the past few weeks where you're, you're kind of awaiting when you're going to have to be ready. For you, what's been your, your workout routine or how are you um, staying in shape during a time like this? And what is it like mentally, too, for a player right now in the league? Yeah, I, I think a, a positive in all of this is that you get kind of a, a break and that you get to rest your body at a, you know, a time that you normally wouldn't. So I think I take that as a positive. But as far as workouts, I think just trying to stay in, in shape as best you can, try and do as much cardio as you can. Um, obviously, you know, I, I think just all my workouts are pretty low weight, just trying to trying to stay in shape more or less uh, rather than, you know, like midsummer workouts we're trying to you know put on muscle and stuff like that so hopefully you know we we, fi we find out soon if we can finish or not but um yeah i think you know everyone's just kind of waiting around doing what they can you know right now i think uh, we just got to focus on slowing this you know uh coronavirus down and then we'll, we'll go from there glad to hear you're doing well staying safe and just thank you again for for joining us yeah perfect thanks for having me appreciate it yeah joel thank you stay safe to you and your family Katie, what a fun interview. Uh, great kid. It's funny. We forget, you know, whenever we look at Joel and we're interviewing him in the locker room, you feel like you're, you know, you, of course you feel like you're talking to an NHL player, but you forget he's only 20. He, he just recently turned 20. Uh, so fun to hear uh, how he's keeping himself busy during this break, working out, staying ready, but also, you know, just fun things, playing video games with the guys. Sounds like he's kind of kind of teaching them a few lessons on Xbox. Yeah. Katie, what, what was the, your most enjoyable aspect of that interview? Yeah, and you talked about 20 years old. I think that's part, in fact, is it benefit playing video games because the best part was just yeah. talking about Kevin Hayes, like trying to figure this thing out. And Hayes with Taryn Hatcher last week saying, like, he hasn't picked up an Xbox in four years or whatever it was. It's just so funny to picture that. So um, I think the biggest takeaway was just you, you like to see the players in, in um, good spirits. I mean, of course, all of them are going to be because they're all just um, absorbing this time with their family. There's a positive there that you have to appreciate. Uh, but he had the same concern that we've been hearing from other players. I mean, you're just kind of you don't know if you're going to be back soon. Um, and they're all hoping they will. But I, I did love to another part just with him talking about how much he loves Philly and his uh his favorite moments in front of the fan base. Um, you really can't compare the, the Philly Flyers uh, fan base to anybody else. So fun to see that. Uh, great year for him so far. Hoping, both of us hoping that continues very soon. But um, that was fun to have him on. I just, you couldn't help but laugh too when he was talking about Michael Roffel's haircut, Jordan. We need to see a picture of this. I know. I, there's been, Katie, there's been so much buzz about it. Uh, but no one knows exactly what it looks like other than the players, obviously. Um, I have a feeling, and I'm hoping a picture eventually surfaces, or at least maybe Michael Roffel will hit the social media 
uh, take yes. social media and maybe release the photo himself. But he's a very low-key guy, as funny as yes. he is. Okay. Uh, so oh. we really he's low-key. He's low-key, but like Joel said there, he was one of the main guys Joel leaned on this season. So you got to love that um, all around. We know how great this team is, so we'll look forward to um, hopefully getting some more players and just other team personnel in the coming um, episodes just to fill some of our time right now. And, uh, yeah, we always love hearing from them, of course, but that was fun to have Joel on today. Jordan, before we go, I have to tell you this story. I don't even know how to describe this, but I just remember it just popped back in my head. Let's so go. I was driving. Um, I had to get an essential product. Uh, it, it's sort of coffee, but please, no one. It, it was essential, and I didn't get out of my car. It was a drive through Like, we're good. So don't worry. <laughs> Stay in my car. Business. Helping local business. I Helping. love it. Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. But I don't even know how to describe this. I was at this four-way stop. And do you know those sort of like porta sanitizer things? They have like, they're the little stations you would see at like a football game. Like yeah, they, they have the, the paper towels and the soap and everything. I'm just driving back. I'm probably five minutes from my house. And I see one of those laying in the middle of the street. And Jordan, there's like paper towels everywhere. There's paper, paper towels in the street. And there's like hundreds of them. So what does Katie do? Well, Katie thinks about, all right, time to pay it forward. Some poor worker didn't know this fell off of the trailer or whatever truck he was hauling these things. One of them just fell in the middle of the street. Jordan, I picked that baby up. I put it on the side of the road. And this is the best part. I Cars were coming up slowly. Like I moved my car to the side, but I'm like grabbing paper towels. I'm like this random girl just running through the wind trying to pick every paper towel so it doesn't blow away. And I'm like stuffing them under this like, hand sanitizer little station thing and i don't know i feel like i need like some sort of golden star for that because it was some hard work but i i just had to tell somebody about it katie you 100 percent deserve something like the, the the like i think only you would stop to clean up paper towels right now during this time like i'm not sure well, who do that <laughs> i know the philly and me would certainly just drive past and not put my car like park on the side of the road like, is that chance I would do that. I would just drive past. So the fact yeah, that you, you did it for paper towels. like You not, know what? Pay it forward, Jordan. Pay it forward. There wasn't a human on the side of the road that, you know, was abandoned or had a car <laughs> problem. There wasn't a dog, which I know you 100% would stop for. Th these were paper towels. Just a simple mess, and you cleaned it up. That, that's the Minnesota in you. That's what we love about it. Oh, Jordan, I appreciate that. As you would say, that's hot. That's, That's hot. hot. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Just had to share that because, of course, the only person, not even person with me is my dog. So he's staring at me right now, doesn't really know what's going on. But I'm happy to share that crazy story. And all, all around, just honestly happy I got the essential product of a nice coffee. So at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. But, yeah. No, Thank you for uh, coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> those are, Katie, those are good human interest, positive vibe stories that we need. Um, and we need that positivity. You're completely right. Katie Emmer, my friend, always great to hear your voice and your fun-loving stories. That's what we need. Great to have Joel Farabee on. That is our latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall. Wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and subscribe. And we can't wait to talk to you next time.